Okay, this is the the Peel Eater podcast. I'm here with Peel Eater, and I'm about to interview here interview him. So, Peel Eater, how was uh, what was it you said like Fed Fest or whatever? Yeah, Fed Fest, uh, 2022 in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah, what's that about? What was that about? Like, well, that that was pretty something. Oh uh, well, I actually found it out on Twitter. I actually one of my friends' friends who I thought was a friend. I saw the flyer there and I thought, hey, all my cool New Yorker friends are going to be there for my postgraduate school days. And I thought I would crash the party and say hi. And I was told with excitement to uh, have a little merch table and to bring some of my, I guess, books or music. But supposedly it was an invite only. And I respect the organizer's presentation or his rules. So I went with it. And within a week or two, uh, I showed up and that was, that was actually a week ago, to be honest. It was a, it was a rooftop party. Very pretty too. Cause there was a rainbow that day. Uh, a few good bands played interesting people for sure, but it was also a very chaotic environment. So, but it's hard to find one of those events where you have uh, like-minded anti-liberal sentiment among hipsters, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not like, the, you know, back in the old days in 1900s in Italy with the futurists, you know, no, no. The same generic Hollywood bullshit that they see on Family Guy. Oh, yeah. It's I think the vibe was it was subculture for sure. And it definitely the the yeah, I would say again, I would say hipster for sure. And I would say it had to do with there was a there was a mingling, too, of the the liberal, the normie, the Antifa and the punker environment all in just like one fish tank together. So it's really hard to make an egalitarian assumption that, hey, everybody, it's all about fun. It's like, no, everybody has an ideological motive. Everybody's there to have some form of Platonism or some form of the good life. But I wouldn't say it's about hedonism or fun. Definitely there were ideological motives there from different colors of the rainbow, for sure. But that's what the the risk you take there. Um, I met some very weird people that night, but... uh, is it something I would go back to? Not really. I mean, with everything in New York City, there's so much going on. For, for who knows, you could just go to a, an adult film convention instead and meet the most interesting people for sure. I mean, yeah, I'd rather prefer that. Like, that'd be more interesting. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was something worth your time. Definitely just happens to like Pepe the Frog and surf rock so i like surf rock surfing is underrated in my opinion i love man or astro man i saw them twice um when they're right before covid i saw them at the the market hotel in bushwick and then the night night in philly at underground arts right before the covid lockdown love their material me me too like, okay, what do you think about Jim Goad and the direction he's taking? Do you think he's actually a white nationalist or does he just want to be contrarian to different people? I think he just wants to be contrarian. But I do think he is some type of white advocate by heart. And his definition of white is vastly different from what other people think white is. I think he is some kind of advocate of the Delaware Valley somewhat skinhead somewhat like you said contrarian 
the good old boomer, uh, John Crick, Crick Falusi, Ren and Stimpy kind of whiteness, you know, I mean, he explained it in his own book. So, uh, but I guess he's just nostalgic about that and uses his trauma in a way of writing. I think the whole white nationalist gig is coming from that Boyd Rice, John Partridge energy. And I would take it with a grain of salt, you know, but again, you still have these like top notch celebrities like Chuck Palahniuk, even to this day, you know, saying how much they love, they, they love Jim. So, you know, I'd say he's more on the contrary, but he's trying to resurrect the, the classical skinhead hardcore kid. I mean, yeah, like, you know, I understand it. Like, you know, I just discovered the poetry of a, this, this Spanish poet called jo, jo, Jose Miguel. Yeah. His name was Jose Marie something. Jose Maria Hinojosa Lasarte. He was like this Spanish Carlist or something, you know, who was also influential with the left wing as well. So really weird guy you should look up his poetry if you ever got it you get a chance like, i've came across it but you know i i definitely think i should read some of that i i like that kind of esoteric history that was actually when i was in middle and high school i remember one of my first i think this was the eighth grade and i was have to do a world war ii project and right out of the hat i was told to talk about fascism and uh I made up this funny uh, little color board where I drew uh, with a black marker in black fascism. And I had a picture of Mussolini and Giovanni Gentelli <laughs> and Oswald Mosley. And this was the eighth grade and I ended up loving it. It was my favorite lesson. I, I bought Christopher Hibbert's book on Mussolini and soon I was a, I mean, today, I guess YouTube channels like Zoltanis represent an adult version of that, but at eighth and 10th grade, I just thought that's what normally you study. And I was like, wow, fascism is a pretty interesting history and doctrine. But now today it means just like a nasty mean person, genocidal status or something. All the yeah. kids rage about And also to me, they seem to be like kind of sticking to mud, mud people. Like, you know, like people like, the, you know, and I like Charles A. Coulomb, but I think he's too socially conservative. Like, and I always say this, but anyone who doesn't enjoy cartoons or porn is a boring person. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's really bizarre. I've been meaning I'm trying to write a new book, 50,000 words, and it talks about sexuality in it. Because I don't think there is that much sexual positivity in this political sphere. It seems to me anyone who gets into sexuality is thought as an OnlyFans girl thought as someone who's a, a coomer wojack meme someone who doesn't know what aesthetics and beauty is it's it's very a shame because there's so much to talk about sexuality through the philosophy of lacan of Rene girard even andrea dorkin but it, you think something so simple by that scene that says oh yeah it's funny to be uh, homophobic and racist or sexist but we will never talk about our own sexual upbringing. You know, we just hate gays or something. And I think that's a little unfair because sexuality can really open up the way people think about the world and how they create and what their desires and concept of beauty is. And with cartooning, yeah, that's kind of like, it's hard to imagine that erotic art plays a huge interest in that. And erotic art is, can fascinate, uh, you know, desire in a weird way too, and that there are artists making that all the time. 
you know, some of the most artists that make the most money end up doing cartoon porn. You know, that's kind of even Walt Disney. Um, he used to draw. I went to the Walt Disney house in San Francisco and he used to draw pinup girls or at least had a team that would draw like admixture European cartoony girls, nudies, and they would sell them for a high price. And now those things are considered fine art, right? I mean, yeah, like, you know, I don't love Northern California. I think that Northern California, you know, people may disagree with me. I don't care. But I think bar none, Northern California is the best, best place in America to live. You know, especially Santa Cruz or, or you know, yeah. Santa Francisco, like Pacifica, maybe like third place or whatever. I like Pacifica. I'm, I'm you definitely- know, also Oakland and Napa Valley also got its charms, too, you know, like. I know that the creator of like uh, Gravity Falls grew up in like Piedmont, which is like a suburb of Oakland or whatever. I see. Yeah, yeah the Bay Area is great. I mean, I'm, I'm going back right before July the 4th. I mean, my parents just live on the East Coast, but I've been I've been in the Bay Area since as of February 2021. And I'm almost reaching my, you know, end of the first year. You know, I usually take some breaks, monthly breaks when I see my parents on the East Coast, but it once you start living in the Bay Area, besides the inflation, the California politics being expensive, if you have the right connections and the right job, and the people who luck out for you, it's not a bad place at all. Uh, Bay Area, you could see why it's one of the most lucrative places ever, simply because of how it's always sunny, it's always nice, right? And uh, I don't blame them. You know, you get Pacifica by the beach. Oh, Marin County is just so pricey. It, it's ridiculous. It's it's kind of like living in a bubble. So everyone there seems to be old hippie boomers who just made like a bandit and ran with it. But yeah, that's my only concern with it. It seems like a, a little vacation resort town than it actually does a feasible community at times. But it is very nice and relaxing. And I do think you can make great art in San Francisco. Yeah, Santa Cruz, too. Like, you know, Santa Cruz is underrated. Like, they got, like, the college, you know, the slugs and whatever. Uh, I thought that was San Jose. Yeah, Santa Cruz banana slugs. I thought that was yeah. San Jose, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely visit. I want to, I like, I want to visit Monterey um, because the tour castles there, Robertson Jeffers, and I'm definitely going to visit that soon. Yeah, there's also Carmel by the Sea in like uh, Santa Cruz. I mean, not Santa Cruz, Carmel by the Sea is in Monterey, you know, like, yeah, I forgot. I love Japantown in San Francisco. There's just something so unique, and it's like taking me back to this like retro future Neo Geo arcade palace when I go to Japantown in San Francisco. What about Chinatown? You know, Chinatown's pretty nice too. Yeah, Chinatown's pretty cool too. I, I like the, the 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 cool laid back nature of Chinatown, and uh, now they have Taiwan Block, where it's just supposedly Taiwanese identity, quote unquote, if, if you want to consider that a thing. Yeah, they also got like the leather district or whether whatever which is from people of the lgbt community who like leather and stuff you know like yeah it's like castro right you're talking about like near castro um castro is old-fashioned but that's where all the you can be walking down castro and there's like a guy who's completely nude wearing a thong or something for gay pride or whatever and uh fox news and you know, all conservative media outlets always make talk about the tenderloin the infamous tenderloin aspect of which just means homeless people yeah, it's like, I don't know why they focus on that. It's like Compton is way worse than the Tenderloin. 
Yeah, the tenderloin isn't that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to misjudge myself, but I've walked across the tenderloin. You do have a lot of crazies there, but they're just crazies who are just helpless. And it's really yeah, they're not, they're not like the type of people who are gonna ask you, yo, cuz where are you from? You know, try to beat you up or something over or something like that. They yeah. don't do that in Compton, but they're not gonna do that in the Tenderloin. Yeah, it's more like New York City, they do that. They try to mug you in NYC, but uh Tenderloin, it seems like just a a containment zone more than anything. It just so happens to be in between Japantown and Mission District or around there. But it always gets its little place. But other than that, I actually one of my favorite places is san francisco's washington square and no i'm not talking about washington square park in new york san francisco has its own washington square park and that's home to tony's pizza giovanni's ice cream the big church the beautiful park the italian sports club it's just this big hill that you go walk across it and then you see the coit tower and the pier yeah some of that is the most expensive places ever but yeah, if I was like a millionaire, it would be nice to live near that kind of cush little fake Washington Square Park there. Definitely, I can see why that's boomer paradise. If I was a millionaire, I'd have like a mansion by the sea in Santa Cruz. Yeah, that works too. In fact, I think you would actually be saving money in Santa Cruz than you would be uh, in San Francisco, just because that's just out. It's not the Bay Area. I always imagine if I was to set up like a, a synthesizer I mean, it's so ridiculous. There's two synthesizer stores in San Fran, Mission Simps and Robot Speak. Maybe if I set up my third Eurorack synthesizer store near Washington Square Park or something, or I, I live in a tower and I have a little studio where I do my YouTube videos and kind of like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers, just kind of be a megalomaniac in a weird cartoonish type of way. And that's a, that would be nice if I was a millionaire and I had that, you know, wouldn't bother anyone there. I'd be the SF art king or something i mean yeah i like i say you know like my favorite parts of california are santa cruz napa valley and orange county napa valley is nice i like the wine there and i like like berryessa where zodiac killer did a spree uh, sometimes i'll take the the, the boat and, and we'll be in a party going out to Lake Berryessa, putting our life jackets on and just having fun listening to K-pop out there. Um, yeah, Lake Berryessa is definitely something. It's like the end of the Bay Area and into like North California with Happy Camp near Sacramento and then Carson City and Reno. Kind of like the end of Cali and into Oregon and into you know where, you know, that kind of North area, foresty. Yeah, Lake Berryessa is really nice. Yeah. Well, what about Orange County or Santa Cruz? What's your favorite part of those places? Uh, I only visited Orange County once in 2019. Um, Santa Cruz, I got to do more investigations. I'm more of a San Jose guy. San Jose is very, very hot. Like once you get away from the bay, you do not get the breeze anymore. You're not getting the nice breeze like it may be 90 degrees outside, like a magnifying glass and that you have, you're near the bay. You don't feel it like you're near the beach. But if you, if you go to San Jose, you're going to feel the burn and it's just like Texas or something. I always thought to myself that San Francisco is kind of like a mix between two cities, Houston and Miami. Why? Because you got that working class effort of Houston 
somewhere in San Jose, San Jose, the South or the start of the Bay or East Bay. But then it becomes like Miami when you're near Pacifica or at the, the top of the peninsula and it feels so ritzy and glitzy and in its own bubble. So I do think San Francisco has the street aspects and the bubbleness of Miami, but the working and productive behavior of Houston. But yeah, at the same time, fortunately, the tech elites and the Apple Corporation and Silicon Valley, quote unquote, is there. And I think that's kind of a menace, just like how Washington, D.C. is just smack dab into the state of Maryland. I mean, yeah, because, you know, like Santa Cruz, it used to be filled with surfer bros. Now it's like tech people are moving in, you know, like Napa Valley, you know, Napa back in the day, you know. I mean, Napa, if you don't work in the food or the wine industry, there's really no jobs in Napa, you know. Like. Yeah, it's all wine, actually. It's just all wines and community colleges and kind of emulations of what Mexico looks like, a fancy Mexico. It's not bad if you if you went. Really? You, know, you think Mexico? I would say it looks more like an American version of Italy or Spain. Napa yeah, that County. too. But there's a lot of adobes there, too. A lot of that kind of New Mexico feels well. Like, it's not that bad if you were from Tijuana, you jumped to San Diego, and you moved all the way up to the Napa Valley. It's like a perfect little high-class Mexico in a weird Yeah, and plus also Napa is kind of hot because, you know, there's no ocean around. So it gets hotter than other parts of the Bay Area, kind of like San Jose. That's why it's a great farm area. It's, um, It's all that kind of lakey kind of material, you know. That's the interesting part. Yeah, seriously, it gets hot hot as hell in Napa County. I always thought it was weird, and this is my opinion, is that you have Berkeley, the north of Oakland, and yet Oakland has been notoriously known as, oh, yeah, it's that that violent city. It isn't so much a violent city. I think it's just so isolated, Oakland. I think Oakland is just kind of a port city used to get, you know, the, the ships back and forth. And you're just kind of near that port. And unfortunately, you have to pay the Bay Bridge just to get over where all the commotion is. And you're isolated in that. And then all the wealth is concentrated in Berkeley. And uh, in Berkeley, that's where you have Berkeley College or whatever. And that's where all kind of all the elites take their cars, go across the Bay Bridge, do whatever, but then hide. You know, the Bay Bridge is kind of that center of the gated community nature. I think Oakland's kind of at the butt end of desolation. And it's more like, it reminds me more of like National Harbor, D.C. than it would be like a Camden, New Jersey, Oakland. I think Oakland now is getting pricier and definitely it's losing its uh, hood culture that it was known for, like with Keek the Sneak and all that. Yeah, oh, you know, it's underrated. What's that? I said Bay Area hip hop is underrated, like... You know, like Too Short, Keek the Sneak, uh, dang, what's that guy's name? Missy Marv, San Quentin. Hypey, hyphy. I don't think they know that's my word. Little B from Berkeley, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I love, you know, I love Keek the Sneak. I like the hyphy stuff. That's what I grew up with like 20 years ago. Yeah, you got people like RBL, Posse, and uh, Matt, oh, Mac Dre. Yeah, Mac Dre was a legend. I'm kind of a secret hip hop head and I like some of the rap stuff, but uh, at the time when I was young, I I was kind of like a typical white person where I'm like rap that black people didn't like anymore. (laughs) But I do like some of the other derivatives too, even mumble rap to some degree as well. 
I mean, it's always so flowing and you can't just can't keep up with it. It's just such a bombardment rap. What's ever new on world star hip hop, whatever's new on the ladies, even like the white boys are getting it with like the emo rap stuff or whites trying to act like it's kind of cringe, but I guess what that's what they would use to say about Eminem, right? As long as you speak the lingo or do mimesis, it's kind of like, but yeah, there's a lot of good rap. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like, you know, the thing that interests me about the Northern California is that unlike Southern California, they don't really have gangs per se. It's more like neighborhood versus neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's, that's typical for sure on neighborhood neighborhood brawls. Yeah, Oakland, I think Oakland used to have been violent, but I really think Oakland has now transformed to be like a progressive city in the weird way because it's just so expensive. Like now it's considered that it's a commuter city, Oakland. And they kind of made it that when they, they pushed kind of the riffraff down to East Bay, like a Hayward or something. Or Stockton. Yes, definitely Stockton. Stockton is kind of like the new kind of area for that. Yo, there's also like Fresno too. Fresno is also kind of a bad place too. I like Fresno. I mean, I was very. Close. Hey, there's like really no reason to be there, you know. It's weird because it's it's just so in between LA and SF, and it's like more closer to SF. But then you you can go along the uh, Fresno, and then you're just near Yosemite, right? You're all of a sudden in the forest. It's like the ghetto in the forest in a weird way. Um, has that kind of Sacramento vibe, but not really. Sacramento is a little more like. Reminds me of Tennessee more than anything. In fact, the only Cracker Barrel in the Bay Area is in Sacramento. So if you really want that Cracker Barrel food, you got to drive an hour to Sacramento for yeah, it. Yeah, Sacramento kind of sucks. It, it amazes me that they made it look, you know, almost livable on even Stevens. The thing with Sacramento is that's where you go when you can't afford the Bay Area. You live in Sacramento. It's kind or of like what Philly is to New York yeah, or Stockton. It's kind of like what Philly is to New York City. Or Connecticut, it's they they these cities were made to congregate all the people who are dispossessed from the main core cities of business. So now you can try and just exist in Sacramento and enjoy the park, but you still got to get in the car and drive an hour or an hour and a half to where the commotion is. If you want to see a concert or go to a club, it's just so out of the way, you know. I mean, Denver kind of is like that for Colorado, but the, the worst part about Denver is that you're five, six hours away from any other major city. If not, Denver has to be the most isolated American city all throughout the country. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, Denver kind of sucks. Like Aspen and Boulder are way better. Well, Boulder, they're just like white topias. They're kind of just like boomer. Uh, it snows all the time. It's a gated community. The issue at hand is if you're doing like, resources and going back and forth denver to like new mexico or to wyoming it's so out of the way and it's just like the only city you will ever have is denver and otherwise you just got to take a plane to go somewhere because <laughs> it's just ridiculous just to drive to where cheyenne and earn a santa fe it's just not worth it yeah you know i mean yeah wyoming is a beautiful you know place and stuff but uh there's not really much to do if you're a young person, not unless, you know, I mean, I mean, I knew Cam, I know Kanye West has like a ranch out there, you know, like in a, in like this small ski town in Wyoming. 
Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, there, there's a lot to do in Wyoming, but it's just notoriously known for Casper and being so dead empty all the time. I mean, the plus side is that the food is cheap, so there's that. It's super cheap, Wyoming. I think like you spend $90,000 and get a workable home. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not that, you know, if you save up some money, it's not that hard to like buy a ranch out there. I know like Pam Greer, you know, she has a ranch out there too. Yeah. You know, the other cities, it makes me think we're somewhat popular, but pricey is like Phoenix, um, you know, in Arizona. If you look on a map, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Phoenix are all in a, a trinity, a, a triangle. And Phoenix is the um, eastmost city, where that is kind of a, both an L.A. and Las Vegas reject town, in a way, Phoenix. It has a bunch of desert, it has a bunch of cactuses. But it just has that kind of suburban West Coast feel to it. You know, it feels a little displaced in it. And I think the same way about Cheyenne, where it's like, whoever's in Cheyenne, you're definitely not. You're like people who just ran away to Colorado to be ranchers or something. Couldn't stand the snow. I mean, yeah, you know, that's probably why Brandon Adamson called himself a new suburbanist or whatever. Yeah, like if Phoenix is way too like build up, it's way too kind of my term is bourgeois. It it's definitely feels like it's lost in 1950s America, but it's like on the West Coast and the the city was planned in a weird way that with like coyotes and like cactuses and armadillo. I don't know, I just feel like Texas does a little better job at that with San Antonio and Houston and it's like Austin and Dallas, it's more functioning, but like New Mexico and Arizona, those are kind of like the dead man areas. I mean, yeah, you know, like to me, I think of New Mexico is kind of like a reject Arizona. It's like New Mexico is for the people. They couldn't make it to Arizona. So they went to someplace even shittier, like New Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, you're farther away, and you're like you're in between. I mean, Texas would be the other place, you know, El Paso. I mean, let, because let's keep it real. Before Breaking Bad, did anyone really care about New Mexico? No, Albuquerque is like, yeah, I don't know. Al Stanker now has got a base in Taos, New Mexico, with his wife, and he told me, you know, take a plane to Albuquerque, get off, and go to Taos. You know, would love to uh, visit that that little. Yeah, but you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, New Mexico does have like some nice places, like. You know, Taos is a nice place, you know, like I've heard about that. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, I thought about having a meeting in Taos. So we can get a bunch of celebrities and just have a little retreat in Taos, New Mexico. Would be pretty nice. Do whatever you want, like a ranch. Oh, yeah. Sounds nice. Like some Studio 54 stuff. Yeah. 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 Out in New Mexico. Yeah. I always had this dream of just kind of like Burning Man, but it's like a little fest of isolated people not it's kind of like a cult of interesting people and you just have that in like somewhere exotic i mean yeah, yeah read spanish poetry while dressed as a gladiator naked and doing dmt while eating tacos and having sex with asian chicks I mean, you can be artistic like that i mean yeah anything's plausible but uh cpi uh kel Maupin's party they're gonna have an event in chicago on august the 6th i mean Thought about attending that event, but uh, it's kind of like a left-wing American renaissance, if I can call it that way. Yeah, I've been to Chi-Town before. I like their pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like. I thought about Chicago, too, many times. 
and thought about it's a great opportunity. Like if you can't stand the, the, the insanity of New York city or LA third biggest city in America, is Chicago. And there's a lot to say about Chicago because the way it's settled, it's, it's not that isolated, but it definitely isn't Philly and it isn't Pittsburgh. It isn't Indiana, but it is its own little functioning unity by the, the, with the lake and uh there's a lot of cool things to say about chicago i thought about escaping there too a couple of times how is uh memphis shitty i mean we don't really got nothing going on uh i know i like the 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 pyramid in memphis right the um bass pro fishing pyramid that's kind of really cool it's like this big pyramid near the mississippi river in memphis I mean, yeah. I mean, I like Bass Pro Shops, too. Like, I've never gone fishing before, but I'd like to think I could one day. Yeah, that's like the largest Bass Pro Fishing Shop, the Pyramid in Memphis. That that sounds really unique, like that Deep South kind of. Uh, yeah, Mem- Memphis is very pretty. Uh, I love Nashville, though. Nashville. I got I to gotta travel to Memphis more often. I'd love to come visit you at Memphis. There's so much to do in Memphis, actually. It is a part of Tennessee culture too, and I would say Mississippi culture. Yeah, I mean, we got some nice strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, you got uh, Tony Wright the Third with uh, Memphis trap music. Yeah, I'm surprised you know about that, but yeah. Got Tony Wright the Third from Memphis. I like that. I like that kind of race. I, th- I think he might have said he was an incel as a joke. Did you ever watch Yu Yu Hakusho as a kid? I I think I had the Game Boy Advance game of Yu Yu Hakusho, or I knew about the Genesis game by Treasure Games. And I was obsessed with Treasure Games like Dynamite Heady and Ben Star Hero and Yu Yu Hakusho that actually had a um, Genesis port and I played it through emulation and I really liked that. It was like a really good fighting game for the Sega Genesis and Treasure did that one. I would just say the fighting game is absolutely amazing of Yu Yu Hakusho. I mean, yeah. I've just watched the show. I've never played the game. Yeah, I highly recommend the Sega Genesis game. I liked Big O... Techi in Tokyo, Techi Muno, um, Samurai Pizza Cats, Hamtaro, any sexually suggestive anime that I would be watching at eight years old. Hey, did you ever see the show Totally Spies? That was kind of like a sexually suggestive show. Kind of weird. I remember it being on, but I didn't watch it. I just knew it was like an American kind of variant of, um, I think it's funny. Yeah, you um, watch Code Lyoko? That show was real sexually suggested. Uh, they I, knew a, I knew a bunch of weirdos that liked that show. Like they showed a girl in her panties once on in the afternoon. He was like, I, I was I was a big fan of My Life as a Teenage Robot because the art direction was by Siona Hong was so out there. And Alex Irwin. Yeah. Today now everybody just watches cartoons for art direction, this art direction, that, but it wasn't like that 20 years ago. You actually just if it had good art direction, that was an appeal, but it wasn't the center of the show, like Pickle and Peanut or something. Oh, you know, that reminds me, you know, yesterday I heard that um, 
Everett Peck passed away, you know, like uh oh he was the creator yeah. of Duckman. Like I interviewed him one time, you know. Oh yeah, I was about to say you were you had Everett Peck on the Stark Truth with Robert Stark. I remember that. He did yeah, Duckman. Yeah. Let me see, he passed away. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, he passed four days ago. And you got to talk to him before he died. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, the only thing I could say about Everett Peck is I remember there was a time in my life where my dad, he would bring me all around places. I remember watching Everett Peck's version of Jumanji being on TV. He also did Squirrel Boy, too, which was kind of a weird show. Like, Yeah, Duckman and Squirrel Boy. Yeah, I always would confuse him with like Gary Baseman or something. He, he had that very similar style. And definitely, hmm, yeah, I would love to have, you know, I should upload that interview on my channel of you interviewing Everett Peck to pay for, um, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of, I'm actually just found this out. Um, it's good that he was on Robert Stark before he died. You know, I also got to talk to like Adam Pumphrey before he died, but you know, oh, yeah. well, only I was briefly. On only briefly though but i was on that podcast with jg michaels yeah i talked to him like three weeks before he died I yeah well i didn't talk to him on a podcast you know i just called him once and you know we talked for like five minutes or something his his phone reception wasn't the best yeah he always had the phone reception this phone reception that yeah that's weird i found your um it was november 13th 2019 you interviewed um ever peck of Duckman. You know, I also was Facebook friends with, you know, like uh, Nick Zed before he passed away. Nick Zed. He was an, inter he was an interesting guy. I like talking to him, you know. Yes. I'm definitely going to upload your, um, with this, I'm definitely going to upload that Everett Peck podcast in memoriam or something because that is so... Yeah, that's, that's such a bummer he died. You know, because it's amazing he was on Stark Truth and gave the voice. And that means a lot, you know, people who talk to Robert before they die. Because it intersects in this beautiful manner. You know, Everett Peck is one of us, politically speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was like Duckman Jackets that the crew were wore. I would love to find that on eBay one day, but it's probably going to be like $1,000 or something. I remember a lot of, there was a time when I was six years old in like the late 90s, and there was a lot of bizarre shows uh, that are kind of just forgotten about and you'd probably be interested in. like. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like stuff like uh, Sticking Around or Brace Face or The Weekenders. I was thinking more like, the or detention or phantom investigators or jake long or juniper lee i, I was thinking or, like like monster farm or something that was well, that like, too also Brandon, whiskers and dave the barbarian and dang what oh eat the cat yeah eat the cat was i'm thinking more like anything between like 88 to like 99 oh, what about the blurry. did you ever see see the cartoon the archies no uh, you should check it out. Look it up. It's awesome. The Archies. Like it was like this cartoon in the 80s. Like Archie and his friends are like in middle school or whatever. And they do weird shit. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot to say on that matter. I mean, cartooning is just not the same what it was years ago. I love Kitty Boba, by the way. That's still some of my beautiful animated short. Beautiful. You know, Megan Dunn follows me on like Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I know Megan Dunn. She's she's my boss. I mean, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Megan. She's one of us too. Yeah, I would love to interview her one day. I, I mean, I, I usually what I do is she's in Pennsylvania, so sometimes we'll hang out and whatever that. She's a good she's a good person. I love she still does art. She just does it under the radar. She's a very busy person. Um, you know, I I would love for, for you to meet her in person too if you came over to Pennsylvania. It's cool to hang out with. Uh, is she hot? <laughs> nah, she's a mom. Yeah, but you know, I feel like she's all, she's got like the just like Greg Wiseman. I feel like she's got the short end of the stick in the animation industry. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't want to speak on Megan's behalf, but she tried a lot. She she tried very hard, and I I root her the whole entire time because if she does get a new cartoon show or whatever. You know, she's she's got an upcoming she'll be on a discovery channel uh soon enough in august because they're revamping her house so she'll definitely have a little cartoon spot on there you, you know who else got the short of this end of the stick in the animation industry the dude who made mtv downtown and megas xlr i forgot his name but oh, he, yeah, he yeah, like yeah. Tittin out studios you know like they canceled both of his shows yeah it's it's hard it's basically like a shark tank pitch every time and you all that work you put into it you get two three episodes then you're known for the rest of your life as that dude that made that one animated short or something yeah it happens like that a lot of the time yeah like you know like the modifiers people kind of forgot about that modifiers oh yeah yeah i'm actually googling these modifiers Demodifiers cartoon show. Oh yeah, 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 the modifiers. Okay, that's really cool. People just like that because the art direction. Yeah, you know, there was also another show called Constance Pain. That was, and the oh yeah, also the Amazing Screw On Head. Yeah, these are sound very fascinating stuff. I like it. Love it. Yeah, you know, we should start a band. Like, I can start a band oh. anytime. I play synthesizers. I do Yorak. I make a computer music. I, I love yeah. mode. I love synth pop. That's the only thing. If you want to play guitar, do drums. That's on your end. But I'm like Sasha K from Time FDM. That's how I see myself as. Really? I would say you're more like Eric Andre. Oh, that's cool too. Eric Andre is pretty nice, but I see myself more as the guy, Vince Clark of Erasure type of ordeal. Yeah, you know, like they're coming out a new, with a new season of the Eric Andre show, which I'm, you know, excited for. I like his stuff. Like, I like his TV show and I like his music. Like, you know, he had like that band Blarf. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with that stuff. There's just like too much happening around but yeah we should start a band that would be nice i mean you just have to make noise or you have to sing i think you'd be a great singer cartrell 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent, I'm a good singer. Decent. I think you would be a good singer and performer where you would just sing and like yell into the mic and do things. Then while I do the music part, I think that could work. Yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, so what do you see yourself doing in the future? Like, uh, a TV show or music? I want to definitely write a new book and I want to have it for a publisher this time. Okay, what's the what's the new book going to be about? Um, well, it's definitely going to be in a first-person narrative. It's the, the plan. Well, it's going to be a bunch of transcripts I've been writing since 2019. And it's going to be weaved together in this one manuscript of coherent narrative it's not going to be long linear narrative, but it will have a narrative. It'll be 50,000 words long. And I've been working on it since 2019 in Brooklyn. And uh, it's just basically about the perspective of a woman. So it's kind of weird when a guy writes like a woman, but I think it can be done. And I just want to write it to feel about our inner consciousness, the classic unreliable first person narrator. And I'm looking at some of the drafts now and I don't think it'll be published this year, but when I will send this draft out, a publisher, not my own charm charity, but I think a publisher out there, maybe if it's Terror House or, or someone out there, I want them to take it from me and make money off of it because I think it's time I find a publisher. Same with my music too. If I continue my music, I can just release it on YouTube and whatever, but I, I want to make music for a publisher to put it out there. You know, it's always great when you find it for a publisher because then you can just like get it out there and then people buy your stuff and they like what you do. You know, today the internet, the internet can give you so much platform. You can do everything by yourself, but it's always somebody else's platform where you can meet new people and like what you do. And it's always hard because there's just so many opposing voices that never really agree on one thing. It's very hard today, for sure. Yeah, you know, like people today are internet famous. Like, it's easy to build cloud on the internet. Like, you know, like look at RDC World or it's easy like to build cloud on the Britain internet. Or, but then the establishment gets mad because then you're just working for yourself and you just want to get hired or like signed on a label by someone else. Right. You want, and that's what I think should happen, but it's hard because when there's opposing audiences, the corporate presidents constantly, and this is like, it's, it's a constant repetitive notion. It's like, Oh, where's your audience? I don't think this is going to sell. This won't make sense. That's not true at all. Sometimes things make profit based upon people's bizarre, you know, interest. I mean, you say what? Uh, it's whatever. Just do your own art. That's all I'm going to say. That's true. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think John Waters care what people thought about him. I'll be seeing John Waters on um, Monday, the 27th. Um, he's going to be speaking at School of Visual Arts and um, 
he'll basically be blessing me with his magic to say, go out there and do more as a graduate of SVA. SDA, what's that? It's a school of visual arts. Is there anything else you'd like to ask me? Oh, yeah. Like, what do you think about Netflix? Like, is it going down the tubes or is there any hope for it? I actually watched a documentary, I think, by Moon, who does sensationalism based upon the, you know, other platforms. And I think when he talked about, uh, he talked about, he talks about Netflix, he was just all negative, like, oh, it's a dying market, whatever. They'll, they'll always find something else. But if it goes out, you know, it'll just manifest and liquidate into something else. Always the big corporations will find similar thing to go into or whatever. That's all I have to say. It's crazy. You know, I've been trying to get my life together. I've been trying to get money, power, and sex. That sounds, that sounds very ambitious. Yeah, all three are a lot harder than I thought to get. I see a lot harder to get. Uh, you can you can get whatever you want. Sounds like this song by uh, was it Kanye West or it might have been Jamie Foxx? I don't know. Which one? Blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the uh, blame it on the uh, 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 I thought that was T Pain. Oh crap, it might have been. I think it was him. And I think I don't know if Jamie Foxx was in the song too. Jamie Foxx. I used to watch the Jamie Foxx show as a kid. I remember that I kind of remember the Jamie Foxx show. Yes, yeah, it's on a show on a WB. It actually lasted a couple of seasons. It's weird nobody remembers it. Yeah, there was a... I love Andy Dick, the assistant. It was like this weird Andy Dick being a dick. It's like post-Andy Dick show. Kind of like making fun of reality TV shows. Very 2004-esque. It does have its highlight. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of TV shows, sitcoms that people forgot about, like Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mm -hmm. Like, the dude, like in Oakland, he's a basketball coach. I see. He got, oh, how is it like interviewing Richard Wollstonecroft, you know, like, for like a. Uh... Richard Richard Wollstonecroft's really cool guy. I think he he's seen it all, and I think I, I I he was making some new films, but he just he's always busy. He's always making new stuff. So I would say he I, whatever he releases, I want it to be big. And I think he takes a lot of time to get it out there. You know, 
You should have asked him what he thought about Australian movies like Starstruck. Starstruck. Um, yeah, yeah, he he probably has. He's probably know what he's gonna say about it. Pro show, you know. Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. Yeah. We should interview him about Australian movies one day. There's a lot to say about Australian stuff. I like the band Midnight Oil. Me too. That's Australian band, but they, they I think they broke up. I don't know. I like the Australian band Hunters and Collectors. They were good. Hunters and Collectors. Mm, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, probably going to call it a night, Cartrell. It's been nice talking to you. Okay, thank you. All right. This is brought to you by www.pilleter.com. For more information, go to youtube.com slash pilleter.